The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. You're listening to Pure Rock Radio. Feed your addiction. is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a mother. Don't let your babies grow up to be rock stars. Episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 660. Hmm. And I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. And dear listeners, you're right. We're six episodes from the big one. And you know who's going to sponsor that episode and this episode and every episode in between? The hottest, the blackest, the most metal coffee in the world. True Cult Coffee. T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Go out there today. Subscribe. Because when you subscribe, you get coffee delivered every month. And when you get coffee delivered every month, that's a couple things happening here. One, you don't run out of coffee. Two, you don't get just like coffee. You get music because Coffee Bean Oculta curates. He finds bands. He collaborates. He likes to stop, collaborate, and listen. I had to pause to make sure nobody can get that out of their head now. Anyway... So, he collaborates, he brings you music, and it's great. True Cold Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T, coffee.com. Possess yourself a cup today. What's going on, Snowman? Well, hello, hello. Um, we got a lot of cool things going on today, but first of all, I want, I want to say hello. Welcome back. You, know, you were only gone... You were only gone a week, but I hope you had, you know, a little quasi-vacation time off and had a good time and everything that goes with it. I want to take a couple minutes out before we do anything and thank uh, Lori Bravo from Nuclear Death for filling in your shoes last week. We had an excellent time. We had a great chat about about a variety of topics 
and spun a lot of really cool tunes and we had a kick-ass creature feature so i'm going to um urge everyone you know to to hit radioactivemetal.org hit hit the archives all that good stuff and um check it out check it out i think you're going to really enjoy it and enjoy it while you can if you're listening to this on pure rock radio the big announcement was made july 1st unfortunately pure rock radio is going silent mr rich you know the big boss man the head honcho he's moving on with his life he's got other things going on and unfortunately pure rock radio just can't be a priority for him so snowy snowy let's tell everybody the truth rich was on this show and right. he knew his radio career, that was it. Like, it's not going to get any better. That was the shiny moment. And so he wanted to go out when it, that could be his final memory. There we go. Because Let's go with that. He knew that being on this show, it was not going to get any better. Like, that that was it. That was the peak. And that's now he just he felt complete. He's like, I've done it. That's it. This is what I've been waiting for for the last 24 years. This is the moment. I can retire from here and feel accomplished. And now he's going to move on to the next thing. Right on, which is all of his kick-ass podcasts that he is doing as well. So, yeah, we want to thank uh, we want to thank Rich for everything he's done for practically the entire existence of radioactive metal. I don't know where we would be without him, and it's just been an absolute. Uh, blast but of course like radioactive metal will live on in podcast form we're still members of the shining wizards network just going to be shopping ourselves around to uh see what other uh radio stations might want to pick us up and then we'll make their lives a living hell it's true we will (laughs) and and we've had a lot of practice yeah on on, on rich with that (laughs) yeah and you add the the fact that both snowy and i have siblings um, so we're we're pretty adept at being able to make somebody else's life hell. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, before we get on with the grunt as well, unfortunately, we do kind of have. Well, uh, well, it's I don't, I don't know exactly how metal related this is, but it's definitely uh, radio related. Um, are you you remember when you were a kid, and I'm sure you've. You kind of keep up on it now, but you remember the TV sitcom WKRP in Cincinnati. One of my all-time favorite shows. The family used to watch it together. We'd watch it, you know, with my grandmother. Like, I, and, and it's funny, like, WKRP, and there's so many other shows like it. Like, that's when families used to gather every week to watch TV together. Mm-hmm. We're, oh, yeah. There's so many choices. We're so disjointed. Nobody can sit down and enjoy anything together. And we used to sit down as a family and we're like, we're going to, you'd have like a, maybe a two hour block of shows mm-hmm. and you'd watch them together. And WKRP was in that rotation. Um, the A-Team, uh, Knight Rider, you know, different strokes, the facts of life, like all, yeah, all these kinds of songs. Mash. Oh, oh Ma- dude, MASH. Yeah. Ah, <sighs> MASH. We, I, like, it, I still remember watching the final episode with my mom. Oh, you yeah. know what? It still it still makes Mrs. Snowy cry every time we watch those final episodes. Yeah. Yeah. 
and we're 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 binging the series on the Disney Channel right now, and we're in season eleven Wait, already. Mash is on the Disney Channel. It or, is or it Disney is. Plus. Yep. Yeah. How the hell did I miss that? Well, we all knew. We just never told you. Well, damn you, Snowy! <laughs> Son of a gun! I can't believe I missed that. But anyway, back to WKRP. Yes. Yes. In Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I just heard the news the other day that Frank Bonner had passed away. And if that name doesn't immediately ring a bell, Frank Bonner was Herb Tarlick, the sales manager that always wore those awful, awful suits. It's like, dude, did you just who did <laughs> give the couch back? You know, <laughs> holy jeez. Yeah, yeah, and unfortunately. Uh, Bonner had passed away, and when I told Mrs. Snowy, she said, Well, I certainly hope they don't bury him in one of those god-awful ugly suits. And I thought about it for a quick second and said, No, you know what? I think they should. That's what I was going to say, too. (laughs) That's right. Bury him with all of them. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe not all of them, because maybe I can... I'd like to find one on eBay and an auction or, or something some someday. I think that would be really cool. What would be even cool is Dr. Johnny Fever, who without Dr. Fever, there would be no radioactive metal. His Black Death t-shirt. Oh, yeah. Uh, how would you like one of those? <laughs> I would love one of those, dude. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's what we have to... There's There's a topic of discussion one one of these episodes like unique merch or mem- or memorabilia and what we think would it would be worth kind of kind of get that going through your head for a little while has for right now as you said hello and horns up to the good folks at true cobalt coffee and that brings us to our mandatory metal segment uh the latest well no actually the comeback record it's been quite a while since florida's killing addiction released a record their latest one or their newest one mind of a new god came across my desk courtesy of extreme music and when i saw that it's like holy shit killing addiction and i haven't seen that name in a long time we definitely have to do something with them and i figured you know what let's make it part of the mandatory metal section this is a killing addiction with prophecy armageddon
dude. What's going on? Well, man, I haven't been here in a while, so I've been saving up shit to tell you. Oh, right on. It's been a long time. So, <clears throat> one, I talked about this, I think, on the air, that there's this, um, it's Inked Magazine has, like, their own shop where they do, like, fun, unique, alternative lifestyle-type clothing, wares, accessories, whatever else. You know, like, you can get a coffin-shaped shelf for your wall. Which, okay. I think that they stole that from Coffimino uh, Culta, because he was actually designing those. Uh-huh. Like, and it, he was like he was selling faster than, than he could make them, especially around Halloween. But, um, so, I bought this amazing t-shirt. There's, there's a classic, there's the classic Chuck Berry pose. And what, what's a shame about Chuck Berry for me is there's not near enough good photographs of him there's terrible press photographs but we don't have enough of the classic photographs where he's got the legs kind of spread wide leaning forward with the guitar and just you know basically giving us the blueprint for the rock and roll god guitarist right Mm -hmm. and somebody took that famous image of chuck berry and decided to turn it into frankenstein with a guitar frankenstein's monster and so I have that shirt, and I just absolutely love it. Right on. It's the coolest damn thing in the world. And then I wonder, um, <laughs> I wanted to tell you about these because you know Valentine's Day is around the corner. Um, you know, but Christmas first. But <laughs> they had um, a set of women's underwear. Okay. And it says, "If you can read this, eat me." <laughs> okay. I, you know, thought, 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 thought you might, you know, if you need, if you need a gift for the missus, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that some pretty good, good stuff. Yeah. So, um, my guitar teacher, have we talked about the fact that I've been taking guitar lessons? Uh, we haven't gone into depth. All right. So I've been taking guitar lessons and thanks to the internet, I've been able to take guitar lessons with like my dream teacher. Um, somebody who's living in New York playing rock and roll um, and who also studied like at NYU, understands jazz, understands music theory, but really gets rock and roll. Like he, he, he's, he's like one of the first people that I've met that can straddle both worlds really well there. And his name's Eric Jake. He plays in the band Wild Street. They just had a two week tour and then they got a couple months coming up here in another couple weeks. But I want to give him a shout out because, um, if you guys get a chance, man, Wild Street's coming through your town. Check them out. They've got a new album, I think, coming out. I know there's definitely a new single coming out because they just shot a video for it. But yeah, check out Wild Street. They're pretty bad, pretty badass. You know, um, it's it's just you know high octane rock and roll. You know, a lot of a lot of anthems, that kind of fun stuff. So that's going on. And I've been listening to new music. So Snowman, have you heard um, Wolfgang's band Mammoth? I have, I have. Like, um, it's like a song has popped up on YouTube and the news, or, and the and the the metal news websites. Yeah. Here, check out this stuff. And I've kind of given it. I gave one, one song a spin, and honestly, uh, it's just not for me. It's just kind of a, it's just a just a chunk of modern day radio rock that just doesn't just doesn't do anything. Well. 
for it's me. definitely modern radio rock but i would I, I would ask that you try and get a hold of the album uh like find a copy and listen to it because like I've, I've been using apple music and mm-hmm. i saw it i'm like oh mammoth you know wvh i'm like oh this is wolfgang's band and so i put it on and so first um I owe Wolfie an apology because I was one of the people that was just like, whatever, this 15-year-old kid playing bass. It's Van Halen and great bass lines like Running With The Devil, which is don't, 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 don't. So how fucking (laughs) Mm -hmm. hard can this be for him, right? Well, um, apparently he heard myself and whoever else say that and made it a point to have some kick-ass bass lines on this album like i was listening to him like oh shit he's really good like the songwriting's there there's there's some good hooky songs you know because i mean like i know there's people that love every song on every van halen album i'm not that guy like there are some songs Mm -hmm. that grab me more than others but i mean so like i'm hearing the makings of a really strong songwriter there so i'm man I'm, i'm hoping they keep going and i'm looking forward to seeing what he does next it's it's really damn good. Like I, I enjoyed it. Right on. I really did. All right. Have you heard of a band called Go Ahead and Die? Uh, no, no. And I feel I, it's something that I should have. I, I have a feeling you're really gonna like it. They have a self-titled, yeah, fuck, a self-titled EP out this year. Um, and it's just called Go Ahead and Die. Go Ahead and Die. Uh, like four songs. It's very DRI sounding. Oh, okay. It's good, dude. Because it, it, when I say DRI, it doesn't sound like a carbon copy of DRI. But you know how DRI kind of had that. Yes, we're in a recording studio, but we're still a little rough around the edges kind of sound. Mm-hmm. Like it's that, and it's good. It's really right on. Good. That, right and, on. Like this is my longest metal fix in a while. Because like I've literally got a list here. So. Um, Red Fang, new Red Fang album, Arrows. Mm-hmm. Have you given that a spin? Not yet, not yet. But Dude, it's good. It's man, it's and like they're a band that's consistent. I think is the best thing to say about them. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. they're consistent. Oh, they're... They just keep keep riffing away, and I I really dig it. And then, did you hear about the new Nikki Six book? No, what's what else could he possibly have to say? Well, I'm I'm <laughs> very excited about this book. I already pre-ordered it. It's called Nikki Six: The First Twenty One Years. Oh, okay. So it's going to be basically how he became Nikki Six. Because I mean, we we all know the story of of Nikki. You know, mm-hmm. the overdoses, the excess, like all that stuff. You know, insanely well documented. But he really doesn't talk about those early years and i'm like this is gonna be good so i i pre-ordered that book i'm excited um and speaking of pre-orders we on this show especially rave and talk about the hm2 the swedish chainsaw the boss Mm -hmm. heavy metal pedal that came out in the 80s and um we've been covering pretty closely the fact that boss was making a wazacraft edition of that pedal it is now available for pre-order. Pre-order price is one seventy nine ninety nine US, at least here in the US, it is. <clears throat> okay. So, um, it is available for pre-order. I'll probably be pre-ordering one of those soon. I've been debating, like, do I pre-order it? Do I wait for it to come out? But I, I, I cannot figure out 
the demand for this. Like, I can't figure out if it's going to be, if there's going to be people that buy it because of the hype and then send it back because they don't understand it. Um, but I mean, I would, I kind of want two. I, I want one that I just never open, <laughs> you know, the, the collector <laughs> like, in me. Like like a comic book. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. The collector in me. And then I want one that I just totally mess with because like I'm excited because they have the original mode and I want to compare it to my original. And, um, and then there's a custom mode and I want to see what they changed. Like, cause I mean, like I, I, when I bought my heavy metal, I was using it for bass cause I wanted a bass distortion pedal and I wanted the nastiest distortion I could find. And, um, that was the one I decided on, you know, my dad and I, like, I, I remember very vividly my dad and I going to the store, um, cause all the pedals were about the same price at the time, you know? And we, we had three, we tried them all and that was the one I settled on. And I mean, first it just said heavy metal. So that was cool. It looked cool, the black and orange. And it was the nastiest sounding one I could find. I love it. So yeah. Now more pre-orders. You ready for this? Trooper beer has a stout coming out. It's called fear of the dark. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, dude, I'm super excited. It's like a double chocolate stout. And it's going to be an English style stout. Um, if the pre-order I saw for the U.S., the only thing we can get is like a bottle, a glass, and a tin for 60 bucks. Oh. I don't know if I can spend $60 on beer, but I am sure going to try and find out. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm torn, like, because I... Trooper beer is one of my favorites and it's hard to get. And I certainly wouldn't mind like the theme tin and glass, but I'm like 60 bucks for one bottle of beer. Like at least give me a four pack, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it feels a little pricey. Um, Tom Morello. Have you heard about his latest collaboration? No. What's going on there? Well, check this out. So apparently there's this band called the bloody beat roots And I guess they are Italian EDM, and I'm basing this off the press release that I read. Um, Because I read the press release, I'm like, oh, let me go see what's going on with this. And um, so I haven't listened to any of their other albums, but it's Tom Morello and this band, The Bloody Beetroots, and it's fantastic. Like, I love good grooves. I really don't mind good grooving electronic music as long as it's like that heavy industrial there is mm-hmm. there's great guitar work there's great heavy beats um they've got these great deep like spooky sounding vocals right like good stuff but then they've got these high soaring vocals that are like really melodic like it's it's a really really good listen so definitely you know check that one out and then finally snowy I pose this question to you. Uh-oh. Is there anything like discovering great music for the first time? Oh, it's one of the great joys in life. It really is. Especially like when there's something that's been out for a few years and you missed it. And you're like, whoa, what's this? You know? And I mean, like, th- think about this. Think about somebody hearing Back in Black the entire album for the first time. Wow. Yeah. Right? And then think about the path that's going to set them on. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just, that's exciting stuff. So, that's it. That's where I leave you today. How about you, man? What's going on? Well, I'm kind of glad that you mentioned the 
the H2 pedal and all of that neat stuff because that's sort of in a roundabout way going to kind of tie into my metal fix, which the majority of it is has coming is coming from uh, because I didn't have a metal fix last week. We just kind of went on a wing and a prayer last week, um, kind of forgave a bunch of segments. So I kind of got a couple trips to the record shop kind of built up here. One, of course, was on Record Store Day, which I'm going to, which was just last week, weekend as we as we speak. But I'm going to hold off until later on when we get in, into our discussion about the stuff that I picked up there. But everything else, I think I did really cool, including, and this ties back to the HM2 pedal, a really cool slaughter record. Okay, now oh, the, the, oh, nice. the Canadian, yeah, the, sleep all day. <laughs> that one. We're we're gonna we're we're gonna end up getting a subpoena or something or a uh, see a cease and desist from the real slaughter saying, "Hey, stop stop equating those guys with uh, with us." But obviously, it's so much fun. obviously slaughter. You know, they haven't released any original material in a whole hell of a long time but every once in a while you'll see an independent label re-releasing some old stuff here and you know war war and music even did the strapato album and all that well i found a cop a vinyl copy uh an independent record label um pressed um the original slaughter's very first demo meat cleaver onto vinyl no and i know like okay like we're talking when slaughter were teens okay and i don't know what kind of recording equipment they had or whatever because i knew going into it like this is going to sound terrible obviously. oh yeah you have to prepare you for know that. but it's i'm sure it was just recorded with a ghetto blaster through the air in a garage you know, it's their first, and they're, it's probably only their first couple jams or, or whatever. But just, I had to have this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't care what it sounds like, and it's probably not something that I'll play all the time. Just kind of pull it out on special occasions or or, or whatnot. But it really was the coolest thing. Yes, it's it sounded terrible, but I just I love the spirit in it and it was a really cool package with the liner notes and the poster of the uh of 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 the jacket and everything is absolutely fantastic well worth it um a couple episodes ago we spoke to infernal from disaster their yeah. new album churches without sin dropped the day that we spoke with him and all that, and I'd love it when that happens. So, of course, you know, we had the promotional material, but that's that's fine for the show. That's not good for Snowy's collection. Well, I found Churches Without Sin on vinyl. So I quickly snapped that up. At the same time, um, the debut record for the thrash band Crypta, Echoes of the Soul, I grabbed that uh, on CD. Now, Crypta is the new band by from uh, Fernanda Lira from Nervosa. 
you'll remember we had her on a couple years ago when she was still with Nervosa and they came through town. Fantastic girl. She kicked ass live. And unfortunately, she had to part ways with Nervosa. But what happens when a prominent member of a band leaves, they start their own kick-ass band. Hell yes. Enter Crypta. And they already had, you know, Nervosa was signed with, with Napalm. And I guess as soon as they heard the new Crypta material, they said, yes, yes, we'll put it out and all that. So we don't have, we no longer just have Nervosa. We have this awesome band as well. It's cranking that really cool stuff. Some other cool vinyl I picked up. Uh, in 2020, Sub Pop re-released on vinyl L7's debut album, Smell the Magic. Yeah, really I saw that. Bad. Oh, geez. Now that's that, that's going, you know, back. Like they they broke through, you know, with with that record that had shit list on it. The the bricks are heavy and all that, where they were because of the grunge, which I don't really put I think of L7 more of a Riot Girl band than a uh, than a grunge band, you know. But because the hard alternative scene was so big in in the uh, in the the early '90s, L7 just inadvertently kind of rode that wave to success. And what got them noticed was that awesome album. Really, really, really cool. I found uh, just some other various different vinyls. A really cool hardcore split with the bands Varsity and Blood Pack. I found the first Van Halen record on vinyl. Uriah Heap. Yeah, it was really cool. Some Uriah Heap. um, Girl Girl Schools, Nightmare at Maple Cross, a cool Gatto record. And I grabbed a new copy of Nuclear Salt's Pounder. You will recall this came out, I guess, maybe about three years ago. And I bought it off of iTunes and we played it on the show. And it was just, it's Nuclear Assault's latest release. Okay. And I bought it off of my good buddy Roman from Wild Planet. Yeah. Which is kind of like a, it's a half music, but well, most, most merch and paraphernalia shop. But they have a really, really strong collection of vinyl as well so as i was taking nuclear salts pounder up to roman to to ring it in and all that i said to him hey um many years ago like when i was a teenager okay maybe about 1986 you sold me my very the, the very first and my very first nuclear salt record now let's fast forward almost 35 years later whatever it is and now here you are selling me the latest nuclear assault record that's amazing that is fantastic that is so cool oh we just had big smiles on our faces and all of that yeah yeah it's just one of those though just one of those little things that it just you don't get you know from the mainstream music community and all that i just i just feel like this is you know, once once you're dealing with the underground underground metal and hardcore community, you have a tighter niche. You have a tighter sense of community. And I feel that every time I'm in that man's presence, because like I could look like I said, my mother should have been sending him Christmas cards <laughs> just 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 for keeping me out of trouble in my teens. We just won't 
never told her all the times I would skip school to go and buy records <laughs> in the middle of the afternoon on a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And finally, some really cool records came across my desk. Speaking about yes, yesteryear, the new Witch Cross. Okay, a couple couple episodes back. Oh, it was during my birthday celebration. Yeah. Uh, from their uh, Fit for Fight record when, when we were teens. We played Night Flight to Tokyo because it was one of my all-time favorite songs. Well, new material, a new album from Witch Cross just dropped available now with the album angel of death i gave that a spin really really digging that if you if you if you're digging the last couple witch cross records you're gonna want to check that out and finally before we get into some tunage here the new record from chili thrashers head heavy metal bangers lucifer's hammer their new record the trip dropped the same day as witch cross both from high roller records so it's just holy cheese <laughs> the, the boys at hr were having a fantastic day so uh that we're going to share all that fantastic goodness with our listeners now how about that witch cross record let's go with the title track this is angel of death <laughs>
That was the aforementioned Lucifer's Hammer from that awesome new record, The Trip. That is Land of Fire. Once again, available now. Both of those records from the good folks at High Roller. Go and check them out today. I've made no secret about my love of Disciple magazine on this show. We love Disciple. We love Disciple. And of course, anyone who's kind of tuning in for the first time, well, Disciple, and it's a long story as to why, why we call it that, but that's what we call Decibel Magazine. In Decibel Magazine, every month there's that column called Metal Mothers, where they have a really cool um, interview where they speak to a prominent musician from the underground music scene they speak to that artist's mothers just to kind of you know what what was the what was her child like as a kid did they take to music real really easy you know and kind of it's kind of get to know your mom okay over the past little while that's a year or so now i reconnected with last year's special last episode special guest Lori bravo her of, um, nu- of, of nuclear death fame. Through Facebook and communicating with Lori, I kind of got to get to know in a roundabout way her mother, Barbara, who seems like a really awesome lady. Okay, and I've had this idea of maybe Radioactive Metal doing our own Metal Mothers segment, a special, a special interview with someone from a or a prom, or prominent member of of the metal music scene and i thought why not you know i think Lori would really dig it oh hell yeah and, and why not get mrs bravo barbara on the phone and have our own metal mothers chat with her so i went through a couple back issues of disciple and i you know, I cherry-picked some of their questions that they used and came up with, with, with a couple of my own. And we had a really, really cool chat. And, and it was really funny because you could kind of hear Lori in the background giving her two cents in the whole thing as well. And really, like, all, all, all of this be, between last, last episode... And this one, it makes me just once once I'm able to, it just makes me want want to run down to New Orleans, and just hang out at the at, at the Bravo House for about a week. The, these these ladies seem really really cool. So without further ado, we're going to get into Radioactive Metals Mothers Metal Mothers segment. This is our chat with the one and only Barbara Bravo. First and foremost, I think maybe um, tell us a bit about yourself, like who, who, who you are, what you do, your mother's maiden name, whatever, whatever <laughs> yeah, you feel, security number too. <laughs> <laughs> what, whatever you feel that my listeners yeah. would need to kind of get to know you. Oh, okay. That sounds good to me. So I'm 76 years old. I was born in 1944 in Chicago. Uh, as was Lori, born in Chicago, too. And uh, let's see, I uh, nothing really remarkable. 
to say about my childhood, except that it was one of those, you know, like made in Camelot childhoods. I mean, everything was was perfect as far as I knew, because it was the 1950s, you know, late 40s, 1950s, and uh, we were kind of raised, you know, to pay attention to good manners. So it wasn't like people were paying too much more attention to us, if you know what I mean. We were we were just kind of expected to uh, to always behave ourselves. And um, then, of course, what happened to me was, in order to produce Lori, that would be um, like the next best thing that ever happened to me in my life. Uh, because the first best thing that ever happened to me was to meet my husband, mm-hmm. Al Bravo. And um, he was 17 years older than I am. And so that was, you know, quite a leap for my folks. I didn't think anything of it. I just thought, you know, we're in love, so who cares about age? Mm-hmm. I never really thought about it until other people started thinking about it. So at any rate, I, I was very fortunate. He uh, was uh, in the military, in the Army. He was uh, enlisted, a sergeant. And we got married, and then we went to uh, Germany. Now, before we got there, five months prior to that, Lori was born. And, you know, she was just a delightful child, honestly. Uh, she was fun. She was happy. And as she got a little bit older, she was talkative. Uh, so we lived in Germany uh, for n- no more than two years, I don't think, because then my husband was reassigned to Vietnam, and he went there. But, you know, I was so young and naive, really. Mm-hmm. I, I had no idea. Oh, that's a war. Okay, well, he'll be back. And he was. It was no big deal. In fact, Lori and I used to sit on the couch together and uh, watch the, the war on TV. And after that, we just kind of, you know, went from assignment to assignment, uh, went to um, uh, Fort Lewis, Washington, where my son was born. And uh, his name is Mark. And then from there, Al was going to retire, so we went, uh, came down to uh, Phoenix because my folks uh, lived in Phoenix at the time, in Sun City, actually, and I wanted our kids to have the experience of being young and experiencing their grandparents. And uh, it was an excellent idea, actually. It worked out just fine all the way around. They loved her, you can imagine. This little girl who's cute and talking to <laughs> And she, you know, no, I mean, they couldn't get over her. She was like three and a half years old when she met them. And uh, she's just sitting there. And my mother's the kind of person she would have read, uh, like Ann Landers, I don't know if you know, she's an advice columnist back right. in the day. Yeah. And, and so I could tell my mother had probably read her, and she was probably told through that, don't be pushy, you know, this mm-hmm. little kid knows nothing about you. So Lori gets in there into the, the house, and she just starts talking to them. So you can imagine that, that that kind of personality, when one is very young, you know, really feeds into her being a musician mm-hmm. uh, today, you know, and a celebrity. So uh, as far as I go, I decided when I was like 42 years old to uh, go to college for the first time, and I, ah. I, that I, I well I went and I never wanted to leave, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was just I was having too much fun. So um, I went to Arizona State University and I earned my uh, bachelor's degree in art history, and then uh, I went on to uh, earn a master's degree also in art history, and then when I earned that degree. That was not until the late 90s. Like I said, it took me forever because I didn't want to leave there. Um, 
I got a job teaching in community colleges in, in and around Glendale, Arizona, which I don't know if you know, but that's right outside Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah. Yeah, so uh, at any rate, that's, that's what I did. Um, my husband died uh, 10 years ago in 2007. Lori then came to live with me, and um, I continued teaching. And then it got to be uh, 2017, I think it was, and I decided to stop teaching because uh, things things were happening, you know, that I just really wasn't happy with. Mm-hmm. But then I got so so here I am, no more teaching, right? And what what do I do? Well, let's see. Hmm, I think I'll go to work for Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I became a customer host. That's the person that stands at the door and says, you know, welcome to Walmart. Oh, yeah. And, and then the, I'm, that's also the person that asks to see your receipt to make sure you're not stealing from Walmart, right? right. So I, I just thoroughly enjoyed that. I, I, people liked me and the customers, you know, all, all you know, kind of embraced me. And I, I just really, really had a good time doing it. Now, I, I'll be honest, Walmart is not the greatest place to work. However, I didn't need the money. And so I was really doing it for my own enjoyment. And it's not one of those things, well, it gives me something to do, because I have plenty of things I could have done. Mm -hmm. But I really uh, wanted to connect with other people. I didn't want to do something that, I I always thought I would want to go back to college, just, you know, to take, um, you know, courses and and such. Uh, But uh, I, I really would have missed engaging with other people. And, you know, that's, I, I like doing that. So I chose to work at Walmart, and then I quit when coronavirus came along in March. And my children were happy, and they said, you're never going back there. But I said, yeah, but I like it. And they said, no, no, you shouldn't go back there. It's a terrible place to work. So anyway, that's that's where I'm at. And then we moved, as you know, and you know all about the move. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, from my perspective, I once uh, the house was sold, the uh, place that bought it was was just so good to us so I really wasn't under any pressure uh, at that point but uh, I came down here um, about mid-February I guess it was and stayed with my son and you know the kids were doing everything Uh, Laurie and Mark worked together to to make it happen so to speak physically in other words Mm -hmm. logistics the actual logistics of moving yeah, so I don't know what more to tell you. Uh, I know that that I I, I I see my life through the life of my family. Right, right. That's but at that's the same perfect. time, well, I've never been pushy about it though. You know, like when Lori wanted to uh, go into music, you know, we Al and I helped her as much as we could, mm-hmm. and without really knowing what we were doing. And you know, I gave her the space to be alone in her bedroom to fool around with her guitar, play it, and, you know, pick at it before yeah, she knew she was doing. told not to get married or have kids. Oh, okay. <laughs> did, did you hear that? Uh, I did that? hear, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. But I, I, I did because I felt that, was, how can she have a decent career in that field? Which I didn't want to anyway. Yeah, she didn't want to anyway, she said. But I thought, how can she have a decent career in that field, uh, frankly, if she has children? It I mean, a husband and a boyfriend. Hard, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not fair to them. Yeah. You know, if you're going to have kids, then you have kids and take care of them. Or have cats. Or, as Lori says, have cats. Have but, cats, that's right. <laughs> and that's, that's right. that is what she did. Yeah, right. so, yeah. yeah, I guess I do define myself according to uh, the relationship that I have with my kids and also their relationship with me and with other people. 
Right on, right on. So, as as a child or younger, she Laurie was musically inclined. Well, she must have been because it seemed that every time we would visit anybody, you know, this is a little kid. If there was, uh, you know, how people might have a, a a ukulele or something like that sitting in the corner, dusty and unused, <laughs> and and she would pick it up and just kind of pluck, mm-hmm. not knowing what she was doing. And I had bought a, a guitar for Al because uh, he used to play trumpet when he was, you know, back in the day. And uh, I thought he kind of wanted to play an, an instrument again. And I and I said, well, how about the guitar? So I bought him. Uh, I don't know what kind. It wasn't that expensive. It was, you know, just an acoustic. And, you know, he played around with that for maybe a month or two, I guess. <laughs> and then it started gathering dust. So it was there. So, you know, Laurie was living in a home with uh, an instrument nice. built in. And she picked it up. But, yeah, every, every place we went, if anybody had any, any kind of musical instrument, uh, a piano, she would uh, just kind of sit down and pluck at it. And... Uh, I wasn't really paying attention to whether she knew what she was doing. What I did pay attention to, and I thought it was cool, that she she did that consistently. Right on, right on. Excellent, excellent. What was your first reaction? Like, when you, like, cause you, I don't know even if Lori would admit this, but she's kind of a trailblazer. Okay, for... Oh, yeah, she admits it. <laughs> okay, yeah. There was very, very few women were... Females, women, were making that type of brutal music. Mm-hmm. Um, were you familiar with, you know, that that sound before she formed nu- Nuclear Death? This is totally no. new to you, eh? Not only totally new, when, when the band formed and she formed it... Uh, I really had no idea what that music meant. It didn't speak to me at all. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, to me, uh, all I could hear was uh, noise. Right. And I loved Lori's Lori's voice. The first time I ever heard her uh, speaking in public or or singing, she was uh, only three and a half years old. You know, we we had just returned to Chicago, and then I sent her to a preschool that was supposed to be a progressive or something. And um, and then they well then they had their Christmas you know uh, play or whatever it wasn't a play they just presented some things and I'm sitting there and going oh my gosh Lori's up there all by herself on this little kind of stage and I said what what's going on and then she uh, people were not people were still kind of talking to each other and then the uh, teacher she called everybody to order like a teacher would you know hey people listen you know we're gonna get started now and everybody shut up and then uh in fact i think laurie also piped in and said well yeah you know we have to get this going yeah, and this little, she's this little kid you know let's get our shit together here people let's go yeah and i couldn't believe it i thought oh my gosh she can talk in public like i couldn't at that time not until i started teaching i was always scared to death to do something like that and you know so and then her voice was just beautiful just so gorgeous and i was so proud of her and mm-hmm. so she did a lot of singing every every time you know we belonged to some organization or church or something and, uh, she she was always the one who was chosen to do introductions to sing and you know what have you so i, I was from the time she was little i was just kind of always in awe of of that ability that she had Right, right, right. And I don't even remember what the question was now. But no, anyway, no, just yeah. your reaction to nuclear death. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, 
but when it came to that kind of music, I, I just wasn't. Uh, the only thing I could say was, well, you tell me it's good, so I have to believe you because you know be, what you're yeah. talking about, but I sure don't. <laughs> no, my parents never understood it either. Yeah. yeah. It's not that I didn't like it. I just never listened to it because right. I right. didn't understand it at all. Right, right. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, did you ever see her play live with Nuclear Death? Oh, golly. Did I see Laurie play live with Nuclear Death? I don't think so. No. No, she's telling me no. Saw. No, I, yeah. No, I never. I, they they practiced a couple times in our house. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, at the very beginning. But I, uh, that, that was it. And uh, again, it was like, please close the door. Go into your bedroom and do this, you know, and because I just. Uh, I remember you were in the living room the first time. You guys were like, "Oh hell no!" Okay, I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> yeah, I Lori, can hear. Lori, yeah, yeah Lori claims we threw them out of the living room. <laughs> but you know, I, I just uh, it absolutely didn't make any sense to me because uh, another reason it didn't is that I knew Lori was gifted uh, playing guitar, and she was super gifted with her voice. And I'm thinking, why are they covering that up? Why why can't we hear her at all? Now she claims that she was also did some growling, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in the in the record. I couldn't even hear that. I, I heard nothing but you might as well just be noise, like like being uh, underneath an airplane when it's landing, <laughs> and that's all you can hear, you know, is is the roar of the engine. <laughs> well, I can assure you, um, she definitely had nuclear death had their following. Yeah, for they sure. They did. Sure. Now, yeah. now I'm just uh, appreciating that after all these years yeah yeah um like i know they didn't tour a lot but they did they have you know did they did shows away from home you must have been a wreck just knowing oh my little girl's out on the road like oh no oh no i didn't no, no? i wasn't no <laughs> no no i'm a terrible mother really. well I no like i mean there's rhyme angel, reason no because uh yeah, yeah, Lori, um, you know, she, well, for one thing, she moved out of the house with her boyfriend because, you know, I, I think we bought her uh, something. Yeah. Anyway, or maybe Phil wanted her to. At any rate, she had moved out of the house. Now, she's certainly old enough by this time. I think she might have been 18 or 19-something. And, um, I, you know, I'm like, okay, well, if you want to go live there instead of here, uh, you know, go ahead. You know, it's. I mean, you know, she's an adult, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, as a parent, I, I'm. I am very sympathetic with my children's wants and desires. Uh, Laurie wants to, you know, be in show business or, you know, whatever we would call it back then. Fine, if that's her chosen. Uh, she now she wants to move out of the house and move in with her boyfriend's family. Go, okay, if you're happier there. And they were really just down the street. And my okay. son was also working with them, so if anything was weird, he could have let me know. Not that mm -hmm. he did. He never let me know anything about what was going on. But, um, yeah, I was, I, was, I was fine with however she wanted to uh, live her life. And I was confident that she was smart enough that she wouldn't throw her life away, you know, where she would end up at, like, 50 years old with having done absolutely nothing. I didn't know that she would continue with her career. 
Right on, right on. Yeah, yeah. Mother's foresight. Mother's foresight. Oh, yeah. no, no. No, mother just being <laughs> stupid enough to think, oh, everything's going to be fine. I told you. You know, when I was growing up, everything was rosy. You know, little did we know. You know, you didn't pay attention to racism and all of this stuff that, that is going on, still going on. And so, no, I, I had this rose-colored uh, view of the world. My husband was perfect. Um you know, everybody mm -hmm. that knows him will testify to that, including Lori. He was he was just so he was so much in love with me. I, I I was in love with him, but he was really in love with me. So, you know, I, w I was just really uh, fortunate in my life. But yeah, I was rose colored glasses. Everything was going to be fine for Lori and Mark. It would turn out well. Right on, right on. And finally, okay, if new if nuclear death kind of wasn't your thing, I'm sure there's some songs on her new bare bones record that you oh, can I really get it. into. Yeah. Oh my god, the whole thing. I just absolutely love it. Um, of course, I was there, you know, in the house when she was recording and all of this. She was upstairs recording, and um, then she would, you know, bring it down and play it for me. And I, some of them, you know, they they they. They're, they just tug at your heart. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how, how much you've, you've heard or if you've heard the whole album or had a chance yeah. to listen. But, uh, you know, Lay Me Down in the Soil, I say that about those words. It just, you know, brings tears to my eyes. And, you know, it, it just shows how uh, a lot about how Lori uh, was feeling while she was um, uh, recording. But even before that, it, it kind of tips her hat to the things she kind of you know experienced as she was uh, a young musician and experiencing at, up to that time right on yeah yeah it's a very powerful record and i'm enjoying it immensely good oh. and i love the music by the way uh-huh it's not just noise <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fair enough, no, fair her, enough her voice is beautiful on it but also you know the 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 uh uh, the music that she actually wrote is it's, it, it's just so beautiful because uh, the tunes go along and become one with the, the words and the words go along and become with the music she just brought them together everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years but when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting one thing is still guaranteed the shining wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news interviews with the greatest guests and of course tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling the show is still available on monday nights at 7 p.m east on rantdmradio.com and rant entertainment media on the TuneIn app and it's still available on all podcasting platforms to check us out Head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. There are only three good things you need in life. Sex, beer, and pure rock radio. Thank you once again, Lori and Mrs. Bravo. That was absolutely fantastic. I had, I had a hell of a time last week with all with all of that once again thank you ladies we really appreciate it and you know what dude i think i think we should make this like an annual thing maybe next year sometime around mother's day or something how does that sound i think that's a great idea man we have a lot of just 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 friends on facebook in in established bands that i've been i've been communicating just for shits and giggles 
You know, like I'm sure any one of their mothers would be down for something like this because this is actually the first time that Mrs. Bravo did anything like this. And I always like that. I always like being the first when someone does something like this, you know. We can get my mom on here. Yeah, actually. <laughs> actually, she would she would be quite the uh Okay, it's decided. Next uh, next Mother's Day, I think we should uh, we should have her guest host. How does that sound? I'll talk to her about it. I'll need that much time to talk her into it. Right. <laughs> right. I actually, before we kind of move on to the with with the discussion. Yeah. Though um, I have a kind of my own mother story to share here. The hard rock, the the hardcore band comeback kid this was a couple years ago they had been out on tour for a while supporting supporting their late their latest record and we brought through ninja cat and all that we brought them to do like a homecoming show right after the tour is over and they were wrapping it up with a uh, a hometown show at the park theater well, we got the band situated and every everything is set up, and now we're kind of we're you know like 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 our longtime listeners know I like to volunteer with the lo- with the local promoter helping with gear, and of course I'm doing my own interviews and all that. Well, after we were off the clock for a while before the show started, so we're kind of kicking back in the park and we're having a couple beers, and I'm sure when a bunch of guys get 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 together, the language starts to get a little colorful. And all that. Well, this one older lady kind of walks up to us. Okay. And she introduces herself. And she goes, hi, I'm not going to use her name. But I'm Andrew's mother, the vocalist for Comeback Kid. Oh, well, hello. Right. But instantly, oh. Oh, a mom's in our presence. <laughs> I swear, beers got put down on the table. Oh, yeah. All the guys, all the guys, kind of straightened themselves up a little bit. The foul language stopped. <laughs> yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. It's so nice to meet you. We're really looking forward to seeing. We're so you know, we're so glad the band's back in town. So looking forward to seeing Andrew play tonight and all that. It just, <laughs> I'll never forget that. <laughs> never because like a mom is there now you know like oh, yeah. oh. oh. <laughs> so yeah yeah so thank you thank you once again barbara we really appreciate everything that you did last week last week as well was record store day number one this year and of course you and i we've for how long, you know, even before you started um, hosting this, this show, Record Store Day was always a really big thing here on Radioactive Metal. I honestly didn't get to go to an actual Record Store Day till 2016. That's okay, the well. first one I ever got to go to. There was, for years, like, just finding up, like, up, up here... Like it's it it's huge now. Yeah, with with every store participating and all that. But those those first couple of years, it was like trying to pull teeth getting stores to uh, to participate. E- e- even at the Warren Music Shop when I was there, you'll remember um, Charlie. No, oh, yeah, ninety one Hour Street. 
evil, evil he was in the band evil survives and we worked mm-hmm. the shop together and all that i mentioned record store day and he's like well what is that well it's this and it's like well i really don't like that. i don't want to do this okay fine we don't you know he just wasn't really anything you know for just wasn't of, of anything of, of real interest i did eventually talk him into saying well here why don't we put the actual war on music releases on sale that day so you know we put some of those those records out and we knocked off 25 percent, and we pushed a lot of records that day so that 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 was really cool so record store day wasn't always this huge thing now it is and i'm kind of glad that it is oh yeah this year did you okay you you've had a lot a lot going on did you manage to make your way out at all i have not my uh my my family was visiting that weekend right and uh so we were really just kind of focused on the the relatives that were in town um but yeah so no i did not make it to that um we did make it out to a comic book store because um oh there we go my my daughter had a sleepover birthday party Okay. Which we only let her go to because, like, <laughs> the the friend whose house she was sleeping at is, like, literally, they were, like, part of the family anyway. And right. um, so I'm like, well, let's make this, like, you know, an, an, a Nicholas Day. And so my son got to take everybody around and to our haunts. So we made it to a comic book store, bookstores, that sort of stuff. So Right on. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. That's what I like to see. That's what I like to hear. For sure. For sure. I had made my way out. On record store day, and I did pretty good. the 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 record that I was like for the record store day official releases. Okay, and I don't believe I saw. I don't believe that I saw this when we talked about it on the episode when they first announced what was all going to be available. But I found this really wicked record. Um, you remember? The movie Almost Famous. Oh, yeah. Did you ever see that? Oh, oh, isn't that a fantastic movie? That and Rockstar are what everybody oh. should watch before they start a band. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And I love this story of Almost Famous, okay? Because I think it was based on the real-life experience of Cameron Crowe. Yeah. Okay. He is now married to Nancy Wilson. Yeah. Okay, well, you remember the fict- the fictitious band Stillwater? Oh yeah. In um, in almost famous, J- Jason Lee was the vocalist, and they had that really cool '70s hard rock vibe and all that. They were they were just. I wish this band existed. Okay, <laughs> there we are. Sounded something like that. Right on, right on. Well, I kind of wish that a band like like the Stillwater band kind of existed. Well, I found a really cool record that hmm, maybe they kind of did. After all, obviously these the songs that you the Stillwater songs that you heard in Almost Famous, okay, were original compositions written not no surprise by Nancy Wilson. Well, and uh, Cameron Crowe and. Hmm. The, the cool thing, because I remember when this movie came out, and I can't remember where I read the article, but they wrote those songs on their wedding, or on their honeymoon, rather. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
So they they had him that long. Right on. I did not know that. That yeah. is an interesting little little piece of tidbit. Oh yeah, that is such a great movie, dude. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. We have it. Uh, we went to the theater for it. We have it on VHS. I've, every time I've been saying it for years now to Mrs. Snowy, we got to get that movie on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. I'm thinking maybe this conversation will inspire me to get the help, get the heck up to uh, the record shops tomorrow, or where I can buy buy a DVD of that. Well, all all cool albums start in the demo process. You know, and mm-hmm. apparently Nancy Wilson, with a little help from Peter Frampton, had cut a bunch of those Stillwater songs in the demo in the in the demo process. And a really cool record store day release was those songs pressed onto vinyl, a still a Stillwater Nancy Wilson record. And is it fantastic? That's awesome, man. And I I love artist demos. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love anything that lets you see the artist is slightly less than perfect. Right. You know, because you get to see them working it out. And I, I man, I, I really want to hear this stuff. Oh, it's definitely, yeah. When, you, when you're able to, to hit the shops, ask for it, even if you got to special order it or something, I think... And it's it just it's gonna make a really cool conversation piece once the world opens up and we start having people piling into Snowy Manor here and all that. Like I know a lot of people that are gonna want to hear this. Another really cool piece from Record Store Day, an official release, is I picked up Sabbath's Mob Rules on Picture Disc. That was really cool, and it's kind of an interesting story behind that that was at the first stop into the music okay was that was it was actually the second my my second stop on record store day and they both had mob rules and heaven and hell on picture discs and it's like okay i can't i don't want to spend all my cash i'm going to i'm going to a couple other places remember when you were kids and your mom said don't spend it all in one place Oh yeah. Okay. I kind of had that going through the back of my head. See, my mother is still. I'm still learning, or I'm still using stuff that my mother taught me years ago. So I was kind of. Uh, uh, I should kind of hold off. So I passed on because I had already bought Heaven and Hell on vinyl the week before, just because I needed it on vinyl. Okay, so I kind of. It's like, okay, if I get one of these, it will be mob rules, but I'm going to have to come back. Hopefully, it'll still be available when I come back, which was going to be a, a couple days later. Okay. couple And um, my good buddy Ducky, of course, has been on the show many times, and he'll be on again. He was running around. It's record store day. He was running around with me. He grabbed the Heaven and Hell picture disc. Oh, nice. But, yeah, he couldn't he couldn't shell up for mob rules though, so we kind of left empty handed with or at least without without that other picture disc. I told him though, okay, dude, I'm gonna go back. It's payday in a couple days. I'm gonna go back. If there's any if there's any, you know, picture discs of if there's any of the mob rules there, okay, if there's one, I'll buy it and then I'll flip you for it, you know, later. Okay, when I got back to the record shop, there was still two copies left 
That's awesome. So it's like, oh, right on. The metal gods just kind of shine down on me saying, okay, Snow, you better grab those now. So I grabbed the last two copies of the Mob Rules picture discs for uh, me and him. So I think I did. I think I did pretty, pretty, pretty good for uh, Record Store Day this year. Or at least so far, I should say. That was only day one. <laughs> okay, we still got another day. <laughs> I think I'm liking this. I think I'm liking this. You, you know, like when you're a kid and you say to your mom and dad, oh, I wish we could have Christmas every day or whatever. And of course parents and their wisdom well if it was every day or if it was more than once a year it wouldn't be special that's why you only have one birthday so you know because it's a special day for you and all that uh no not when it comes to record shopping no 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 i can go for a second day i could go for two days a year so they kind of took our idea our our thoughts to heart here and record store day number two is now happening july 17th i gotta say i really dig splitting it up i mean i i always look forward to that one day but even last year when they split it across three days and this year two days i'm like it's kind of nice having it you know uh-huh. a couple months in a row you know like you, get, like you really that. get something to look forward to you know Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we have this whole laundry list of new releases coming out. And of course, this is what you and I love doing. So we're going to give everyone a couple minutes here. You no doubt you're listening to it on some sort of a, some sort of device on a computer, some sort of gadget. Want everyone to go to recordstoreday.com. Okay, do 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 take a swig here. By the way, I got the Lemmy's going in my Motorhead mug. Of course, you know, it's time to rock and roll when you're talking about Record Store Day. So, just hold on a sec. Give us some time here. Okay. You should be in the... What 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 do you call the first page of a website? The homepage? It's homepage. Okay, you should be at... I'm thinking first page, opening page... You know, okay, the home the homepage, recordstoreday.com. But the middle of the homepage, you'll see click here for July 17th. So we are doing that. Come on. Here we are, record store day. The Record Store Day drops July 17th, 2021. And I figured. Maybe we'll take a couple moments here before we get into tonight's Indie Spotlight and check out what we want to, uh, what what you want to pick up. Scroll in down the list. The very first record here from Silver Lining Music, who is uh, picking up a lot of really cool classic bands. I know Morbid Angel, Annihilator, bands like that are on Silver Lining. A new Alcatraz record. Born innocent. That 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 would be tempting. Oh yeah. That would be tempting if 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 I were to see that. Scrolling down here. Some more. The clash. If music could talk. I don't quite know what that is. Well here, I think we if we go. Yeah, you can just click on it. 
Okay, if music could talk. Record store day exclusive. Okay. Oh, it's an interview uh, album. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. Brief conversation. Oh, oh shit. That would be cool. That'd yeah, be cool. More, be cool. More labels should do stuff like that. Actually, okay. That might be cool. What else have so we got? This isn't metal, but I've got my eye on the Ani DeFranco 30th anniversary. Where's that? Um, just a little bit down from the Clash, right below oh. um, Miles oh, okay. Davis. Oh, there, there we are. There we yeah. are. Okay. Yeah, and just two She's... above Dio. Right, right. Which you know, that's what I'm. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, God hates heavy metal. Oh, okay. It's, it's a, a picture it's, disc. It's a, yeah, picture disc single off of Angry Machines, which last, yeah, right, that's right, because last Record Store Day, um, there was the picture disc from, uh, Mad, from the Magica record. No, this is your life, Hunter of the Heart, live. Okay, I'm writing that down. I want that. Why not? Why not? Let's go two for two. Uh, what else we got here? Fear the record. Oh, right. As I imagine that's as in fear, fear. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look, there's that logo. Yeah. Lim Deluxe and limited reissue of the 1992 punk classic. Okay. It wasn't clear 92. and white. Mixed one. 1982. I okay. I'm like 92. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> With a bonus Christmas edition 45 RPM single. Yes. Ooh, this is looking good. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. All right. That just made the list for all yeah. you Chris Jericho fans. Right on. Right on. And do you have anything else from uh, this? Let's see here. On this pit. Well, so I don't know how I ever missed the title of this particular album, but the Foo Fighters have something called Hail Satin. <laughs> was that what i'm curious now i'm clicking on it too oh look at that <laughs> the dgs okay i get it yeah it's record store record store day night fever oh my god as this brothers food give <laughs> yeah the high voltage debut record from the foo fighters disco alter ego the dgs Okay, uh, I'm not a Foo Fighters fan. Okay, I'm not really big on the modern radio rock, as as everyone knows. This might be interesting, just for shits and giggles. This might be a good party record. Dave Grohl is a really good dude, and while I don't like every song he puts out, I can respect every effort he puts out. Oh, sure. so it's definitely gonna be worth a listen. <laughs> next page yep next page next page what do we got here oh sammy hagar in the circle a 12 inch picture disc heavy metal live oh nice okay but you okay. skipped over green jelly oh did i and god forbid well yeah well that's that's um that's really uh the, the okay, the God forbid's determination. Yeah, 
I, I was, th- oh, M-, M-, M Theory Audio. Oh, maybe. Okay, a celebration of the album's 20th anniversary. Okay. Yeah, like I have that and all that, so I don't know exactly what that would bring to the table for me personally and all that. But yeah, God forbid we're a fantastic band. I had the opportunity to catch them live and I have all their albums. Green Jelly 333. Okay, go on. You love their covers. I, yeah, I, I love the covers. Um, I I'm I wish they would have been allowed to have been called Green Jello. Right, right. I remember that. Yeah, the whole lot, the the whole lawsuit with Kellogg's or yeah. whatever the hell it was. Yeah, whoever makes Jello. But yeah. it was hysterical, and you know they they're basically like a more friendly version of Guar. We'll say. I think so. I think so. I think everyone back then, when the Three Little Pigs song first oh, came out, it was great. It, it, everyone kind of equated them to Guar, at least those that knew who, who Guar was. Yeah. And I remember like kids who know nothing about music wanting to talk to me about green jelly and all that <laughs> yeah yeah i never had this record i had the first one. Oh yeah me too but what i did when i clicked onto the to the link here what i did have side a song one carnage rules okay there was this wicked spider-man video game yep okay i think it was called carnage or whatever, and I found Green Jelly's Carnage, Carnage Rules, the theme to that video game on on the Nintendo and Genesis, uh, in the, uh, the the cassette single. Remember cassette singles? Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I still have it somewhere. There's no way that I would ever let that go. Okay, I'm going. I'm putting that one on the list, I think, because I don't have 333. And that when I saw Carnage Rules there, that came flooding back. And I don't know if you've noticed, but um, speaking of Carnage, the uh, the next Venom movie is going to be available soon. And Venom is facing off against Carnage, hmm. the character, and all that. So, And I, I really dug the first Venom a movie and all that, so I'm looking forward to that. Sammy Hagar in the Circle. Yeah, I kind of mentioned this now. 12-inch picture disc, a live version of the classic heavy metal song from the movie Heavy Metal, which that's... that's I, I have some Sammy Hagar records, and I consider myself a fan, but the song Heavy Metal, okay, if I was to make a list of my 50 all-time favorite songs... Yeah, it's on there. It's definitely on there. Call Maybe it even heavy metal. Oh, definitely, definitely. Right on, right on. Hawkwind. Hmm. Yeah, the greasy truckers. Yeah, I mean, let's see what we got going on here. Which I don't have a single Hawkwind record. Me neither. Oh, legendary seventy-two show at the Roundhouse in London. Okay, I wonder was Lem Lemmy would have been in Hawkwind in seventy two? Yeah, he should have been because Motorhead was seventy five. Okay, right on, right on. So chances are the big Lemster might uh 
might be on that. That might be interesting. I'll look out for that. The Alien, the 35, the 35th anniversary edition of the Aliens soundtrack. I can't believe that's 35 years. I know. Holy jeez. Long out of print original soundtrack. Okay. On acid blood yellow green vinyl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because because when you shoot the xenomorph, like their blood was acidic. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I think they got me with that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll be looking out for that. We're strolling down some more. You see anything here? Mr. Big, lean into it. You're you you like your your Mr. Big. I do, I do. I enjoy my hair metal. Uh, right. And that album was the album that really made it for them. That was the one with "To Be With You." Mm. Um, but it's right. it, it's it's honestly it's probably one of my favorite albums. Like I, I felt like the songwriting really stepped up on that one. Um, Green Tinted Sixties Mind was on that one. Um, which I, which I honestly love mm-hmm. that song. And um, at least I think I've got that right. I hope I've got that right. Yep. Yep, but then um, the, the album cover alone, I would get just to be on the size of vinyl. Because when it came out, it was only a CD and cassette. And right. you need that on a vinyl. Because that's, that's a great famous picture of the famous Paris train wreck. You know? Oh, okay. Well, I think it's Paris. It's somewhere in France for sure. Then it's a safe bet. It's a safe bet. Okay, I didn't know that was an actual thing. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Page three. What do we got? Randy Newman. Oh, we just, for uh, for our, our anniversary, Mrs. Snowy bought me a copy of Major League, the movie. Did, 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 did you ever see that? The, oh, the yeah. baseball movie? Yes. Okay, Randy Newman, of course, did did the music and for Toy Story and a variety of 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 other wicked music that kind of jumps out at me. Oh, Roll yeah. the punches. Going <laughs> to Cleveland on the lake. Yeah, <laughs> that's on it exactly. On the River. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Paycheck uncovered the first recordings. I don't know. I couldn't name. Another song from Johnny Paycheck, other than "Take This Job and Shove It." And okay, that's, thank you. I'm like, I know, I know, I know Johnny Paycheck. Yeah, I couldn't name anything other than "Take the Job and Shove It" either. Right, right. And kind of one hit wonder. Just to confirm, Lemmy would be on that Hawkwind record. Oh, okay. He, he was in the band from '71 to '75, so he should definitely be on that recording. And I mean, now saying that out loud, I'm like, I may have to pick that up. I think so. I think so. Here we are. Here we are. (laughs) Susie Quattro, Alive and Kicking, the 2021 mix, double LP. All right. Originally released in 78, only in Japan and Australia. A live album. Oh, let's see what's on it. Oh, the wild one. Okay, can the can Devil's Gate Drive? Here we are, and her her version of Roxy Roller sold, sold. I'm grabbing that one. Awesome, awesome. I don't know, man. I just don't know why 
why Susie Quattro never really caught on in the U.S. like she did in Europe and in Australia and all that. Me like, neither. Oh. Me neither. Yeah, yeah. but be, because there's a Susie Quattro, there's there was there there became a, a Runaways and a Joan Jett, and those are the bands that take off. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So what, what about that gonna... live Ramones record? Um, two down from that one. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Here we are, Triple J live at the wall. Oh, okay. Oh, 1980. Let's see. What do we got here? Ramones, Triple J live at the wireless Capital Theater. Previously unissued live radio broadcast from the legendary punk rockers, the Ramones. 23 tracks, rare songs, and bit, bit, bit. I'm torn. You know what? You know what? That, that I think that would have potential. I, well, so now you're saying it's a live radio bo- broadcast; it has potential. But just seeing that it was a live record, like other than Loco Live and um, what was the one, the We're Out of Here concert record? I like the early Ramones live albums don't do much for me. They're horribly recorded, horribly recorded. You know, well, like, that's you know, that's the punk rock feel to it, well, perhaps. But I mean, like, it's one thing that we we have like the punk rock aesthetic on an album, but it's even worse live. You know, like, like it's it's like like you were talking earlier about like the boombox in the back of the garage. Like, right. I don't even think the quality is that good on some of the <laughs> early live records I've heard by the Ramones. You know. Well, then maybe the Slaughter guys won't feel so bad. Yeah, they shouldn't, you know. That's better than that. Right on. Michael Shanker Group, live in Manchester, 1980. Oh, that should be good. Let's see, the concert. Previously a digital-only release. First physical release on double red vinyl. All right, all right. I'm in ready. Is that a good thing? Into the arena. All right, you know what? Doctor, Doctor, of course. All right, that has potential. That has potential. Okay. Oh, Ultravox. There's a name I haven't heard in quite a while. I was thinking the same thing when I saw that one. <laughs> Holy jeez. Yeah, yeah. The sweet. Okay, okay. It's just the fact that there's a the in it. Are they talking? Okay, that's sweet. All right, they just through the in it okay platinum rare rare collection comes from the personal vaults of sweet lead guitarist andy scott uh the rarity of alternate takes and remixes all right ballroom blitz of course yeah yeah a rough mix of ballroom blitz holy shit I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe put that on the perhaps list. Page four. Oh, that was it. Well, no, that there should be it. like one or two things on page four, right? Oh, let's see. Yeah. Um, no, no, I don't have anything. Well, so my page four. At the very bottom of it is oh, oh, okay. the brat. Oh, sorry. Yes, I, I found it. I found okay. it, yes. 
And Beat on the Brat is only a three-inch vinyl, but it's garbage pail style art for Weird Al Yankovic. And Yankovic is covering huh? Beat on the Brat, I think. Right. That's what I'm looking for here, right? Three-inch vinyl. Yeah. Have you seen those? Okay, but don't you need a special... Yes, you do. Uh, and they okay. sound like shit. Oh, okay. Well, okay, well, I would never be able to listen to this. Okay, but I'm sure it's available digitally somewhere or, or on iTunes or on uh, or YouTube or whatever. Just to have it. I'd buy it for the artwork, man. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I'd buy it for the artwork. Weird Al dressed up like a Ramon beating on someone with a bat well is that garbage pail style art from the 80s yeah like that yeah that really sums up the whole 70s <laughs> 80s everything right for like, sure yeah yeah now i i did just spy, spot another album on the last page here on page four that i probably need to pick up for the family um because my wife and i are huge fans of this movie and we just introduced the kids to it, but we've been fast forwarding selectively through things. But um, okay. Ocean's Eleven, this music uh, from the motion picture, which the Ocean's, um, the Ocean's movies always have great music, just great music. And this is the one where they're in Vegas, so it's it's got a lot of style to the to the tracks. Have Have you seen Ocean's Eleven with um, Brad Pitt and no, uh, George Clooney? Neither of them. No, I haven't. Trust me, it's worth your time. I'm hearing nothing but really good things about them. It's, yeah. it's a great like heist movie, and it's hysterical at the same time. So many great jokes. Right on, right on, right on. May the circle remain unbroken. Right underneath that, a tribute to Rocky Erickson. Okay, Who's let's Rocky check Erickson? this. Why do I know that? Um, really, the only thing that I know him from was the song burn on the, uh, return of the living dead soundtrack. Okay. Okay. The, you know, the, like the, the music, the punk rock yeah. music and all that. Well, this is a tribute to him. They got to Billy Gibbons on here doing it. Look at that. Yeah. Very, very first. Nick uh, Case, very Gary first Clark thing. Jr. Oh, this is a who's who. This is, this is actually look is looking pretty good. Wow. Chelsea Wolf. Nice. Nice. Right on. Well, that might be of interest as well. Holy shit. Okay. This is good. This is good. I think I have my picks. I think I'm going to grab that Susie Quattro. I'm going to grab that Hagar, that Dio. Okay. What about you? Are you? I, well, so I'm really thinking about the um, the Weird Owl, the Beat on the Brat. But there was the other oh, yeah. stuff, too. Like, you know, this Ocean's Eleven, I get a grab. But then the Hawkwind, I I really want to hear young Lemmy pre-Motorhead playing bass. Mm -hmm. Oh, know? yeah. Because there, there's not a lot of that that I've gotten to see. Like, I've only seen a couple clips here and then. I'm like, I think I want to hit it. Um. Okay, I just found this one. I don't know how I missed it, but did you see... Well, are you familiar with the Vitamin String Quartet? 
No. So no. the Vitamin String Quartet is known for taking rock albums, we'll say, and making them, you know, classical music. Um, and I just saw that the Vitamin String Quartet is going to perform My Chemical Romance. Chemical Romance. Okay, I see it here. And I do enjoy My Chemical Ro- Romance. Like, uh, that song, I'm Not Okay, is killer. Welcome to the Black oh, nice. Parade would be good, too. I'd, honestly, I'd like to see him do Teenagers. Um, the Black Parade was a great record. Okay, that was... That was one of those bands that they 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 they're like the teenage hot topic goth girl heartthrobs. Yeah, yeah, they, they really I, were. Like, and I never who who's the other one? Who was the band? What the hell? Jared Leto's band. Oh, no idea. Oh, I, I know some, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So the, is it, the, is the, it Kings oh, of Leon? Is that it? No, no. There was a number in it, forty something or some forty-one. No, <laughs> no. I know, I know them. Forty-six and two. Yeah. Thirty seconds to Mars. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah, there was just, there's just. I guess maybe you could throw. Uh, although they're they're more metal, but um, Avenged Sevenfold kind of. They were, you know, the goth girl heartthrobs. Oh yeah, they were heartthrobs too. Yeah. You know, well, like. The, the 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 my chem story are you familiar with it not really not really so gerard way was working somewhere in new york city when 911 happened oh, okay you know, and he was doing graphic design and art and that sort of stuff you know working a, a corporate job and that happened and he's like okay i need to get out of here and do something really creative and he formed My Chemical Romance. Ah. And like, and it's interesting because like My Chemical Romance, every album has a look, everything has a, a real design thing to it. And so, you know, he, he, he's almost like a poppier version of Jack White with, with the right. way that he, you know, has the attention to detail with, with the look of things, the design of things. And then, of course, you know, um, without my chem's fame, we really wouldn't have gotten the Umbrella Academy. Yeah, I guess not. I guess so. Eh? They, they kind know? of fit into that whole thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, so I mean, love them or hate them, we've gotten some good stuff from it. But I don't care what anybody says. The Black Parade is a great record. And their cover of Bob Dylan's Desolation Row is phenomenal. Oh, okay. Well, that I'll check out. Dude, it was in the Watchmen soundtrack. Oh, okay. Okay, it, I I have to revisit that movie too. Well, so it's the it's the ending credits movie and it's possibly the greatest like ending credit song ever cuz like it's fading out and that song comes on it's like what the hell is this? <laughs> it was it was phenomenal, dude. It's just a phenomenal song. Well, there there there's a discussion here. Um Ending credit songs. Oh, there's, yeah. there's there's a topic of discussion. I'm sure, you know, there's definitely been a number of wicked uh, of wicked songs. Well, you know, you know what movie? Well, the, the series of movies, the two movies that have the best ending credits songs, movie songs. Actually, some of the best uses of music, because it's just so opposite of what's happening at the time, is the Deadpool movies. 
Uh, yeah, I'm trying to. What What did they go out on? If I could turn back time. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're 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 threatening a third a third Deadpool. I hope so. I'm uh, looking. I'm one looking. more, and then let's call it. Right. Right, right. Unless this one makes a ton of money, and then you know, because I'm sure it's going to be entering. We're going to get off the topic and into the yeah. geek world and all that. But I'm sure it's going to be entering the MCU soon, officially. Oh, um, I, mm, can't. It, I I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, well, it's there. Um, the the people that. Bought. Okay, because when you go on to the Disney Plus channel, the X-Men movies, the Spider-Man movies that they licensed out to Sony, then they're, Marvel is doing that working agreement with Sony yeah. under the under under the legacy section. You can find those movies. Okay. So look for Dead Deadpool, Fantastic Four, X-Men to officially join the MCU over the next five years. <sighs> So, but I don't want a PG thirteen Deadpool. It oh God, won't no. be as funny. <laughs> oh hell no, hell no. <laughs> like, like I mean, the opening scene of Deadpool two, where it's set <laughs> to nine to five, and he's just slaughtering uh -huh. people. Uh -huh. You know, and and I mean, like even like like the um, <laughs> the the slow motion ball sack in the guy's face opening of the first movie to just call me angel of the morning oh, God, that's it, right it, it's oh. like it's so brilliant like i i because you're, you're just sitting there like what the fuck is happening <laughs> it, i just yeah it's just so amazing dude so amazing. i'm looking forward to it the one of the things i'll never forget i was going to i'd, I'd already seen Deadpool in the theater. I'm so glad when that movie, when the first one came out, that Little Snowy was already an adult. Yeah. Because it just would have tore my heart out not to take her to a superhero movie because there's no way that I would have been taking, you know, an eight-year-old girl to see that. Oh, yeah. There's no You know, even I have, have my limits. So I was so glad that she was an adult and was, was able to enjoy it and all that. We went, we saw another movie in the same multiplex where Deadpool was was playing. And I remember as we're waiting, and I don't remember which movie it was, but as I remember waiting in line to get in, across the hallway, Deadpool was playing, and they had the promo poster right by the door. Well, there was a young, young, young fellow who was coming by. He had, like, a child with him. I assume it was his son, who looked about six, seven. Okay, really young. Yeah. And he stopped and he was staring at the Deadpool poster. Okay. And I know exactly what was going through his mind. <laughs> he was like, okay, this is the movie I wanted to go to today. But I've got this with me, <laughs> which, is, which is the kid. So... That's why I'm in the Disney movie. <laughs> but if I didn't have this, oh, that's the movie that I would be in <laughs> right now. So my heart kind of went out to the guy. Yeah, I have to keep uh, telling, telling my son. I'm like, so no, you can't see Deadpool. Well, why not? I'm like, no. you're not ready for it yet, kid. 
Yeah, you talk to me when you're 13 yeah. at least. Oh, dude, like, not even 13. I don't want to have to explain some of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember like when when I was a kid, my parents yeah. took me to like the first Alien movie and Conan the Barbarian and Death Wish, Death Wish 2 and all that. It's probably like movies that I probably shouldn't have seen as a yeah. kid, but you know, staying up at night with them watching Jaws and The Exorcist and The Omen and all that. And the very first movie my dad ever brought home on the VCR, which was a beta, was the original Uncut Dawn of the Dead. That's he didn't awesome. know what he didn't know what he was just it was a new toy. He yeah. was bringing home four or five movies a day. You know, you and they know were they one were, of ours was? What's that? The first police academy. Oh, nice. <laughs> we sat down and watched it as a family, parents and grandparents with me in my grandparents' house. <laughs> my grandfather had to explain to my grandmother the podium scene. Oh. <laughs> we yeah, it was a still raunchy. laugh about that. Oh, it's super <laughs> raunchy, but we still laugh yeah. about it. Right on. Yeah, yeah. Before we get on yeah. with our indie spotlight, since we're kind of falling off a track oh, into movies, are. you will be happy to know I finally saw Godzilla vs. Kong. Oh, finally. Yes. Okay, tell me all yes. about it. Yes. It came out on DVD just uh, this past Tuesday yep. as we speak. And I was there as the, as the store was opening. And they were waiting for me. They knew I was coming in. I went there. I went right in. I grabbed it. I said, I said I was coming. I was saying to the clerk, I said I would be here first thing Tuesday. Here we go. Thank you so much. And that's kind of what we did. And of course, of course, I had to go to work right after that. So I'm stuck at work the whole time knowing I've like I've got this this movie that I'm just itching to put on. And it was worth it because this movie was fantastic. Because the the thing that I really dig about it the most, mm-hmm. and if we get into spoilers here, I'm sorry. It's but, been out you know, long it, enough. It, it, it's kind of been yeah. out long enough. It kind of played out the way I was thinking. Okay, they were going to have a couple confrontations, but there was going... Because both Godzilla and King Kong are both baby faces. They're both good guys. Oh, yeah. Okay, so they're going to have a couple confrontations, but then they're going to have to work together to fight the common enemy. And when that come, I, I didn't even think of that when that when they when they showed who that common enemy was going to be, dude, I totally yeah. marked out. Oh my god, I was just, yeah. oh wow, this is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, me and it's too. like, who, who do you cheer for? Because I discovered. Kong and the big G at the same time. Yeah. Oh yeah, me too. You know, like I'm a big fan of both. I, I was yeah. still Team Godzilla. Like uh, I, it, was, it was hard. It was hard. I, oh, it was very oh, I'm not saying it was easy, but I <laughs> but I'm saying like, you know, I will I will always be Team Godzilla. You know, I, I'd be like the little girl where we have to help Kong, but I'm still still rooting for the big guy, you know. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. How about we get into some tunes that weren't official record store day releases, but I picked up these records in and around that. How about the first, I think the only single off that aforementioned Nuclear Salt album, A Pounder. 
And you'll dig this title. This is Analog Man in a Digital World. Please, I know you know 
From that aforementioned Slaughter demo, pressed on to a vinyl meat cleaver, that was a Surrender or Die. And I actually chose that song because it just out of... Okay, when, when, when you heard that, you, you could tell like just how poorly it sounded. And that was one of the better sounding tracks and all that. But don't don't let that be a deterrent. Go because this 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 stuff is rock and roll history. Okay, even even that Stillwater record does doesn't sound, you know, as good as it possibly can and like the Meat Cleaver demo and all that. Like this like I said, this is heavy metal. This is rock and roll history. And it's something if you're into that type of stuff that you should want to get a hold of. Hopefully someday we are going to be talking about tonight's indie spotlight in the same breath as Nuclear Salt, as Witch Cross, as Slaughter, as all these great bands that we are playing. I want to introduce everyone to Cheyenne Wyoming's Fell Harvest. A really cool doom and rock and roll type band. Their, their latest release, Pale Light in a Dying World, available now. You're going to want to check that out and of course like when you think of rock and roll dude you think wyoming you know all the time <laughs> all the time yeah yeah oh well, yeah all the... it's, it's all the buffalo because it's the great <laughs> white right. buffalo that's right that's right isn't that where buffalo springfield came from i'm pretty sure from wyoming i think yeah. so maybe yeah yeah well, anyways <laughs> in tonight's indie spotlight this is Fell Harvest with Titanicide.
www.facebook.com slash fellharvest and fellharvest.bandcamp.com. Go and check out that great stuff there for sure. Well, my friend, are you glad to be back? Hell yeah, man. <laughs> right on, right on. I knew, I knew you were going to be itching to get into all of this awesome record store day talk how can uh, people get a hold of us well dear snowman they can use the internet case closed uh-huh just kidding all right radioactivemetal.org <laughs> that's our website where you can go find all the stuff and more uh really no more it's just all the stuff but it's there go peruse the catalog see if you can find the episode where decibel magazine becomes decibel magazine yeah because it's a great time um so we got that going on and then you can hit us up facebook.com slash rad metal and instagram at rad metal 666 the instagram is really the place to be because we like to post pictures of our conquests and when I say conquest, before anybody gets upset and thinks, oh, male chauvinist pig, I mean yeah. our record store purchases. Yes. Um, Let's be clear. I don't need I, I don't need fry pans being thrown at my head tonight. Uh, well, so speaking of fry pans, I just have to talk about this. Like pansexual, like, like I understand what the term means, but it's not going to change the fact that every time I th- hear pansexual, I think of somebody licking a frying pan. Fair enough. You know, Fair enough. like that's what I think of. Yeah. Um, and and that's not a slight. I'm just saying, guys, I'm an old dude and I used to do stupid things. Like that's, uh-huh. what, you, that's what you gotta gotta take take into account, you know. Um, yes. but you know, it's one of those things. So anyway, so check out the conquest, man. All the different things that we're talking about we'll post there. I need to get better at posting the things I talk about in my metal fix, like the t shirts and stuff. Because we do find some cool shit and we like to show it off and pass it along because, well, that's what this is fun. Like, that's the reason we do this, man. Um, mm-hmm. So go there. We also have our Twitter at RedMetal666. I think I actually sent a tweet the other day or I at least retweeted something, but we don't get a lot of traction there. So, I mean, if you're waiting for something groundbreaking, keep waiting. That's pretty much what's <laughs> happening. All right. I believe Snowy. Um, is July 1st going to be the day that it shut down or is July 1st going to be like the final broadcast I day? I think, you know what? I don't, I don't know. Well, honestly, he just said J- J- July 1st will be the last day. Okay. Well, so in that case, July 1st will be the last episode that you can hear first before everybody else on pure rock radio on pure rock radio because when you hear this it will be june 24th and then that means that the week after july 1st that'll be our last broadcast on pure rock radio pure rock radio.net we cannot thank rich enough we are glad that we could be the show that made his life so complete that he felt he could shut down the radio station (laughs) i can hear his eyes rolling right now uh, well, yeah, but I mean, again, that's what we do, and that's why we call him Saint Rich because we're a couple of pains in the ass, there, you know. That's true. But uh, so again, thank you, Rich, for everything. Thank you for Pure Pure Rock Radio, PureRockRadio.net, guys. Check it out in the final two weeks. You know, let's give it a big send off there. 
And then mm. thanks to the fine folks at Shining Wizards Network, shiningwizardsnetwork.com, you can hear us on the Spotify. Because we're there with a bunch of other fun podcasts, wrestling podcasts. There's even this weird podcast called A Wrestling Night in Canada. Mm-hmm. I, two of the people, actually three of the people, sound like people that have been on this show. It's so weird. It's weird, yeah. yeah really good looking guys, too. Yeah, That's what I've heard. You know... But um, yeah, so so that's going on. And of course, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on the Google Play Store. So go find us anywhere you'd like to listen to podcasts. And anywhere you can find where they would let you leave a review, leave a review. Even if you hate us, leave a review. Be like, these guys suck. I'm fine with that. That's okay. I'll be like, well, you know, I, I, I can't always disagree with that. Some days I feel like we're, we're killing it. But there are days where I'm like, yeah, not my best day here. But <clears throat> regardless, <laughs> we do this because we love the music, and that's why it's there. So mm-hmm. that's all the great ways to get a hold of us. And last but not least, let's say you're in a country like Australia, and you're thinking, I need a pen pal. So what you do is you write out a letter. Well, first, you message us on Facebook. And then, or through radmetal666 at gmail.com, um, send us a letter. Say, hey, I like Snowy's address. We'll give you Snowy's address. You can write him a letter. And if you're in Australia, you wrap that up. You take it to your local marsupial, the kangaroo. You hand it to the little Joey in the pouch. The Joey in the pouch is going to hop um, to the coast. And mm-hmm. it's going to tie it to the back of a shark. The shark is going to take it up to Canada where he'll pass it off to the moose. And the moose will take it to the province of um, Manitoba where right. it will get to Winnipeg and to Snowy. That's that's how international mail works, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Of course, th- this is all spy- inspired just by the old school way that we do it, because you know I love I love to kick it old school. The back of the old Metal Forces magazine, the pen bangers so section. So dirty. Yeah, yeah. And then later on, Metal Maniacs kind of did the same thing. I met a lot of really cool people, and I was introduced by a lot of cool bands through the pen bangers and the demo section, and all that. And if you want to live, continue. If you want to live those days again. With your cool Uncle Snowy, I will definitely be down for that. To get us on out of here, this is really cool. And I didn't even know this was going on until it dropped. General Surgery have a new EPO. Lay down and be counted to get us on out of here. Let's go with the title track from that. Always a party when General Surgery steps up. In the meantime and in between time... That's it. This has been a mother. Don't let your babies grow up to be rock stars. Episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. Signing off.
Resources and drops of forces. Legion. 